0: Welcome back to the final part of this week's Tech Talk. Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Uh, Before the break, we heard from Paul Quigley of News Whip. If you want to know more about what the company does and how they do it, particularly in the era of misinformation, head on over to the News Talk app right now, search for Tech Talk or wherever you get your podcasts, search for Tech Talk. And if you have a scroll back, you'll find an interview with Paul a few months ago where we talked about Not only what they do, but how they do it. And it is fascinating. Uh, So that is something else to do when this programme is over in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, But right now we're going to talk about femtech, which is a term that you may not have heard of before, but... Thankfully, it's on the rise. Uh, Dr. Tanya Mulcahy is the director of Health Innovation Hub Ireland and is the founder of Femtech at HIHI. Tanya, you're very welcome to the show. Um, before we talk through Femtech specifically, can you just tell me a little bit about the Femtech Hub? Yeah, so um, Femtech Hub
1: is really bringing together the ecosystem that is essential to developing technology that addresses women's health issues. So um, it's an initiative of of Health Innovation of Ireland, and we're really about uh, supporting startups in the space of women's health, um, but bringing together the people that are required to make sure that they work. So clinicians, researchers, but also women themselves uh, to support that startup community and help develop the best products.
0: One of the things that we've identified or that has been identified over the years is that issues relating to women's health and women's well-being and I suppose women's existence in general uh, have not quite got the same focus and attention and development as other issues relating to either more general population or to men. Why is that and are we seeing a bit of a change?
1: Yeah, well, First of all, yes, we are seeing a change, which is great. And I'll come to that in a minute. But why we're seeing that, and there's a really, really basic reason for this. um, Most of the research that was done in in science and medicine has been done and and in technology development was done on the man, the male, and particularly a white Caucasian male. um, with the assumption that everyone else was only a little bit different or almost the same as that white Caucasian male. And we know that's not true. Um, The second thing is, is that Uh, women were excluded from clinical trials uh, up as late as the mid-1970s, which is amazing, really. Sorry, the mid-1990s. And and that's because they felt that hormones, fluctuating hormones might interfere with the results of clinical trials, which if you think about it is insane, because the truth is hormones do um, change the way uh, drugs work in our system, but hormones are always fluctuating in women. So there's a big difference there. And women should be, and luckily now are, Being included in that research. But um, another thing was really, I suppose, and and, and this is significant, is that, you know, in the development of tech companies and tech products, up until recently, really, most of those boardrooms were populated by men. And it's very difficult for a woman to come in or a founder to come in and talk about, you know, menstruation, um, menopause, bleeding, vaginas, whatever you want to talk about, to a boardroom full of men and convince them that it's a product worth developing. So that is also changing. And what's really happening now is with the advancement of technology, women are saying, yeah, it works, but I want it to work for me as the woman. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of work still to be done on women's health, understanding it, what underpins what the differences that we have compared to men. And then developing products to address the problems that we face. So it's changing. Women are speaking up, but women are also developing those products now because they don't exist.
0: And to be a bit crass about it, I mean, there's money in this, isn't there? Like, you know, we're we're half the population, if not more. We're consumers, we buy products, we subscribe to apps and services, we do all of those things. So the business case is there for products and services to be available. Well,
1: that's why we have an explosion in this space now, Jess, because what's happened is uh, investors have realized that one, yes, 50% of the population, and two, actually women make up 70% of all household purchase decisions. So they have a lot of buy- buying power. And this market has grown rapidly. Um, the, the word femtech was only first used in 2016. And since then, um, the market, like the, the, the market last year in the US was 5.1 billion euro dollars and that's growing rapidly so 10 20% increase every year on that market value when we talk about femtech is it all to do with hormone health and fertility no um so there's a lot of focus on sort of areas that are really affecting women at the moment that they feel that they need support in so if you if you if you track what's going on in the women's life span i suppose um areas that uh, affect people are fertility uh, menstruation um then you come into general gynecological issues and um, I suppose uh, pregnancy, childbirth, uh, perimenopause, menopause, but there's also areas. So they all have, you know, for, you know, hormonal issues with them, but there are lifestyle changes that can be made, but there's also areas that affect women disproportionately to men. So bone health is really important again, underpinned by, by hormones, but you know, there's a lot you can do with technology. Um Uh, areas like breast cancer, um, dementia, dementia affects women more than does men. So there's a a lot of areas that we need to be looking at and using technology to monitor, to improve and to impact.
0: And in terms of what the sort of femtech scene here is in Ireland, are we in line with the global trend in terms of the focus on this area or the increased focus on this area? So I suppose where we came about and where we set up this femtech initiative is is,
1: really over the last two years, we have seen an increase in the number of companies, startups in particular, coming to us looking for support to develop their products. And how we support them is we link them in with clinical teams or maybe um, patients or end users. We're very much closely linked with the Ireland South Women's and Infants Directorate here because I'm based in UCC and the hospital uh, here would have ac- give us access to all those um, experts. And we found it easy to actually support them because of that relationship. And then after a while, I realized that, you know, people were really interested in developing products in this space, but that in Ireland, we hadn't actually put a label on it. And when I looked at what was going on internationally, I mean, there has been, um, you just Google Femtech and there is so much going on in that space that we we put sort of a label on what's going on in Ireland. So we've, the Femtech label is there. We're getting companies to sign up and put themselves on the Irish map. We have about 17 companies now signed up and I know there are more out there. Um, and we're also trying to kind of, linking the research that's going on in the universities, huge amount of research going on, but linking that into what's happening in, in the development technology is important. So um, we're hoping to bring out a report just saying what's going on in Ireland and really spotlighting that Ireland is, is actually up there developing technology that space and we we can play a part on the world stage. So um, I'm hoping that a year or two years from now, we're going to see Ireland as being really a hotspot for femtech development worldwide.
0: I don't know if I just have my cynical hat on today, but does the notion still exist of Femtech equals cycle tracking and that's the height of it? Or is it difficult for some of these startups to get coverage because there's still, I don't know, a discomfort when it comes to talking about periods or menopause or whatever it might be? So I think what we're seeing, if you look at what's
1: happening everywhere, like in Ireland and in all areas, there there was a call to have more women on boards. So I think that's really important because it makes it easier for women to go in and talk about you know, period tracking or menstruation. But but I like things are changing where we're talking about medical devices and technology together. So, you know, we're working with a company that's developing a tool, a product that impacts the cells uh, for vaginal atrophy, something that affects a huge proportion of of menopausal women, and we don't even talk about it. So that conversation is changing. And now we're talking about this, which means everyone is going to have to be comfortable with these words. We're we're going to use them more and more. And I think it's up to all of us to say that. Um, Yeah, I mean, there are other things going on. Like, yes, cycle tracking has been the the focus up until now, but in the last five years, um, that's changed. So um, there are devices to improve improve sexual health uh, in women because, you know, not everybody knows this, but uh, women often are impacted by negatively and sexual health is negatively impacted as a result of menopause. So there are products in, in that space that are being developed, and we're going to have to talk about it. Um, a company recently in outside of Ireland, but I just really interesting to see it, have developed um, a, basically a strip, just a, a bit like, you know, you would use for COVID, but a, a diagnostic strip that would be used in menstrual pads for detecting HPV virus. So there's so many opportunities out there. And I think the more and more people start peeling back the layers we're going to see it moving away from just fertility and hormone tracking to um, devices that really make an impact on issues and problems that women are facing
0: today. And, if I understand this correctly, the overall benefit is that it will have a wider positive impact on the health service in general because, you know, we've heard from people at the HSC and other healthcare givers that, you know, it's all about trying to keep well people well for longer and empowering people with this information. So surely if we have devices and services that can give women better insights as to what's going on with their bodies, why and what they can do about it, it will take I suppose, some of the strain off the health service, because I've read reports and studies in the past that show that, you know, even today, it's very easy or it happens quite often that women go into the doctor and just get diagnosed with the blanket term uh, anxiety, whereas it could be something entirely unrelated to anxiety, but it doesn't even get investigated.
1: Yeah, no, that's completely true. And I think the problem is, is that we aren't able to kind of a lot of the a lot of it is is anecdotal so someone say i think i'm feeling this way because there's no definitive test for certain conditions um that are impacted by hormones and that women are experiencing so i mean an example the more you know about your health and the more it is tied to what is normal for a woman then you can identify problems and attend earlier or if it's normal but it's abnormal on the male scale so if you know what i mean so if you're for example um if you're tracking your heart rate and um, it changes uh, with a male, there'd probably be the sign that you need to go and talk to your, your GP, but with a woman, it could be the stage of your cycle. It's normal for your heart rate to change just at that stage. So there's no need to attend a doctor and get stressed out about it. We don't know enough about all, all these things in women. So I'm going to give you an example of it. Of, it's a US company, but they have a, a research lab actually based here in Cork and they've developed a ring it's called the EV ring, and it's it's tracking a lot like the fitness trackers. So it's doing heart rate, it's doing oxygen levels, it's doing mobility. It's also tying it into fertility uh, tracking and that. But the results or the information that's gathered in that is related to the woman rather than the general population. So it can tell you what's normal and abnormal. And I think that's what's going to help keep people out of hospitals or out of clinics when they don't need to be there if you understand your health better as a woman. Um, I also think that, I mean there's some conditions so example endometriosis people are, are waiting 10 years for diagnosis if we can speed up diagnosis and um, using technology and using these devices those women will be treated earlier and it'll be less of a burden on the healthcare system in the long run so There's a lot that these products can do. A lot of them are aimed at the consumer at home, but I think we're going to see more and more of them developed so that there's a link between the consumer and the clinician and we can treat women's problems earlier and better.
0: We know that we've got a huge tech base here in Ireland. Have you engaged with some of those more established big tech companies in terms of seeking whether it's mentorship or advice or partnership when it comes to these startups?
1: So in terms, we, we, we do engage with a lot of the startups, but if you're talking about the larger companies, we're reaching out now at the moment to engage with the predominantly the pharmaceutical companies and the, the larger med tech companies. They're interested uh, in what's happening in femtech, but they're a little bit um, sort of on the periphery at the moment watching to see what's coming. But I'd really like them to be more involved because I think we need to offer technology along with um, treatment at the same time to to ensure we get the best outcomes. So this time next year, I'll have a chat with you about all the big companies that are supporting all these startups.
0: Great stuff. Well, if there's a startup listening to this now or if there's somebody who's looking to get into this space, is there a way for them to reach out to you and get involved or seek advice or a bit of nurturing that may be needed at those early days of startup?
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. So, I mean, what we're planning to do is networking events to get people together to get give advice but also and to put mentors in place for these companies. But if anyone wants to get in touch with us, um, If you just go to the Health Innovation Hub website, so that's hihi.ie, you'll find a FemTech page and you can sign up there and we'll get in touch. Um, As I said, we have already got 18 startups uh, that we've supported already by doing pilot studies or research studies with them, and that is going to go rapidly
0: brilliant well look it is so good to see something like this coming to the fore here in Ireland and we will book it in to have a chat this time next year to see the progress that's being made but it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show uh, Dr Tanya Mulcahy thanks so much for joining us here on News Talk. Thanks million Jess appreciate that.